Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Not much went right for Max Gorn and his Melbourne Demons in 2023. The experiment of ruck sharing with Brody Grundy sounded lovely in ideology, but practically didn't work out. Finds himself getting injured early thanks to a teammate, and then his Melbourne Demons for another year in a row get themselves bundled out of finals much faster than they would like. But one season's disappointment is a future season's accelerant fire to push you into a coming year. And for Max Gorn, as we turn the corner to 2024, it feels like this inspirational leader is set for a massive year for his football club and for us in the fantasy footy community. He's at number 12 in my 50 most relevant. I cannot wait to get into this conversation. Joining me on this episode is fellow coaches, panelists, and our resident Melbourne expert, it's Kane, mate. Good to see you talking about your club's leader. And geez, I, I'm feeling like he's about to explode for us in 2024. Oh, MJ, you'd absolutely hope so. He's He's been a star, hasn't he? Ever since that breakout came where Paul Roos stopped training and said, Max Gorn has just put on one of the absolute clinics. We've had him in our teams, really. And he's been, he has been the best player in the comp. And not many players, as we speak about upside and what people have done, can say that, and let alone the number of years. It's incredible how consistent he's been. Yes, there's been slight hiccups. There's been injuries. Um, there's been different rock combinations over the last couple of seasons. But when Max Gorn is on, he is the best player in super coach in the game. And in AF, he's right up there as well. So he's a fascinating player. He's a dominant force. Um, and he ticks a lot of boxes that not a lot of players can, especially in the rock line, because not only can he score across all columns, but he can have an impact in the forward line. He can play super high time on ground. And that's probably a thing where you go, not many guys can do that, especially as we've seen a lot more clubs go to a, you know, multiple ruck setup. So where do you want to start with Gorn, MJ? Because this honestly could go 50 different ways. And we could also probably wrap it up in one minute if we wanted to as well. <laughs> I think it is worthwhile spending a few moments just looking briefly at 2023, because even though there are some moments that are underwhelming in scoring, he still gave us a career-high supercoach score, a 215 last year. So it's not like he's lost any scoring power with recent role sharing with Grundy last year and in the few seasons prior with Luke Jackson, who now finds himself at Fremantle. A 104.4 average in supercoach, nine tons last year. It means he's priced at just over 580K. A 92.1 average in AFL fantasy means he's priced at 831,000 in in that format and smack on 850 in dream team six tons and a career high score was he also his season high score it was that 162 what a year it was for him didn't work in a bunch of things but yet still as we just ran through quickly a bunch of different tons um some good ceiling in there as well there was a couple over 120 in AFL fantasy, including that career high that I alluded to. And he had two over 170 in Supercoach. So it's it's not like he's lacking in scoring power, but I think there's two important things to look at 2023 before we start very quickly venturing to 2024. 
his price point is severely impacted by an injury that took place friendly fire. Thank you, Jack Viney, where he was uh, returned a score of zero in Supercoach and four in AFL Fantasy, and then missed the next handful of weeks as a direct result of that. Even that alone, let alone the ruck sharing weeks where he and Grundy were different weeks. It was 30%, 50%, 60%. It was all over the shop, very matchup dependent, like we had seen with Luke Jackson over the years prior. Um, you've already got baked in value, even on a roll shared season. But then if you look at the six games he played last year without Max, I'm deliberately not mentioning what he did with Max because it's impacted by that injury-affected game. Here's what he did in the six games. He was rucking solo. 113 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 132.5 in Supercoach. Kane, that is reflective of the dominant era of Max Gorn of 2018, 19, and 20, where he was not just the best ruckman in the game, but at least for one of those seasons, he was the best fantasy prospect full stop. Yeah, and MZA, you know what's really fascinating about that six-game stretch as well? Melbourne won all the games. That's the really, really interesting part is in that run that Grundy didn't play from around 18 to 21, they won all of them. He played in round 22 against the Blues, which they lost, and then he was back out of the side. Grundy and Gorn played the last two games solo and and really that last game against Sydney, I think he got a poke in the eye and he, he only played 75% time on ground. So um, you can couple that with obviously a 215 and a 170 that really bolster the average. But I think what it does showcase is exactly what you said. When he's the lead ruck in a six-game sample size, he still showed at the age of 32 that he's one of the best scorers in the competition. If you're over 110 and you're over 130 in Supercoach, it shows you can do it. Obviously going forward, into 2024 is what's really interesting because we haven't seen this opportunity that Gorm will get to be the lead dog to be 80% CBA plus because there's Grundy last year and in the previous two seasons in particular, it was Luke Jackson. So to have Gorm be the solo ruck and to have really not much underneath him, that's probably one of the things that Melbourne will be really sweating on is that after Gorm, it drops down to Tom Fullerton, who's, more of a forward who can pinch hit in the ruck. He's already injured. We know they've used a combination at times of Ben Brown, Tom McDonald, Jacob Van Royen often does a lot of those forward stoppages where Gorn can sit on the 50 and try to intercept the ball and, and get it back in there. So it's all teed up for Gorn to do what he hasn't done since 2020, which you outlined was one of the most incredible fantasy seasons we've ever seen. Obviously, it's a unique year because the game was so short and obviously – the super coach pie, if you were good, you really got to eat a lot of that pie. And Gorn did that. He, he was nearly nudging 140, you know, across 14 games. So that was outrageous. It's hard to compare, but it is the last time we saw him be, you know, the center bounce guy. Every time he was on the ground, he was in the rucks. So I think as we cast our eye to 2024, what, what this does is it probably makes the ruck conversation a bit simpler for us. I think we've got the two stars from last year in in Marshall and English who were incredible, um, put up absolute monster years that outside of that unique 2020 season in AF that even Gorn hasn't touched. So I think that's a really fascinating thing. How close can they go to replicating that? Is there any improvement in them? So those are the the top guys returning stars from last year. Then you find a Gorn and a Grundy, both undervalued on what they've done, both with unique and different circumstances than they've had in previous years. 
they both look to be the clear lead dog in their ruck line. And then you got the cheaper guy that you guys did a few weeks ago in Cherry. You know, to have a value ruck at an even cheaper price point, who again, again, a limited sample size has shown the points per minute might be up there. Hmm. I think that's what makes this combination and this conversation in the ruck line really interesting is how far can Gorn go? And is he still a top two ruck? Is he close enough? Obviously, he prevents value, but how much? I think that's where the conversation is really interesting. And it does feel at this point of the preseason, we've probably narrowed to those five. Yeah, I, I think ultimately you can do what you like in the ruck line. You can pick the combinations of who you want, but both through ownership and through, I think, as you mentioned, just wiltering things down, you get to this five. 2023, if you spent any time trading through the rucks, you just felt like you were spinning your wheels and going nowhere because those that went Marshall and English were just firing, clear and supreme. So do you just run that back and go, it worked. The narratives of why they scored well are still strong and hold. They were 110-plus guys across the format. So, yeah you could feel really valid with that combination. You just mentioned the potential upside of Grundy and Gorn, and then we'll get to Cherry in a moment. But it's fantastic that finally we get to see five different players. You can combinate any of them together, and you do feel like this is the right approach to start my... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply ruck structure this year and mj and this is the other layer that we've, we haven't had before is you've got the two guys that i would say fit the value category and the most likely to be top two that's gorn and grundy they've got this buy they've got this unique buy early in the season whereas the top two guys returning that you outlined marshall and english they don't and then Sherry doesn't either. So this is the thing. The it, it feels to me on a gut feel when we sort of started having these conversations at the end of last year, you go, oh, my God, I'm getting a discounted Brody Grundy and Max Gorn as lead dog Ruckman with great midfields around them and probably both a point to prove. And then you go, oh, now there's this wrinkle that they're not going to be playing for me in a round early in the season. Now, best 18 softened that. Yes. But as you've highlighted on all these 50, it can still be giving up 30, 40, 50 points, especially when they're a superstar like a Grundy and a Gorn in your team. Who's coming in? Do we even have a Ruck 3? Or are we just saying, well, I'm down to 21? And then it's a gamble. So I think that's what's so interesting is if we didn't have this buy, I think you'd see a lot of people going, it's Gorn, it's Grundy, and then maybe it's Sherry. But obviously what comes into effect is having English and Marshall sitting there with those big averages in the absolute prime of their career. And that's mm. the other factor, isn't it? We're really asking, can Gorn and Grundy go again? Can they go back to those heights? Whereas those two that did it last year, this is their prime. This is their time when they're going to be really flexing their muscle like a Gorn and a Grundy did. And they don't have this bias. You're getting this extra premium score early in the season when it's super, super important. So I think, that's where this melting pot of the rucks becomes really fascinating. What do you value 
how many other demons do you have? That's where it gets really interesting for mine. You mentioned earlier in this 50 Most Relevant, you and I had a conversation around a Christian Petrarca. There was a conversation about a Clayton Oliver. These are just within the demons. There's still interest, MJ, in, in a Jack Billings. And at that point of the season, you probably still want Jack. I know I said that if I could get him to round six, I'd be really, really happy. And maybe that's an exit point. But again, if he's doing what you hope he does and he's scoring really well, you want to keep him going through round six. So that's putting a bit of pressure on you as well, let alone, is there a Tiger you like? You know, we've yeah, done a sure. Jaden Shaw. Taranto, hearing hearing the things about Dusty in the midfield and the way he's training and performing and, yeah. and fit and firing, that's, that's fascinating. So I think this is where it gets so interesting is how do you balance not just Gorn, but every other piece in your side? Because if you're going to start Gorn, and honestly – Genuine case across the formats to get him because as Kane's beautifully articulated for us, there's a pathway for him coming back to being the number one ruck. Make no mistake about it. If he comes out and performs like we saw in that six games of last year and what we've known historically for almost the better part of a decade now, a sole 80% ruck grunty out of the picture, only Max Gorn, this is could be the best scorer in the game not just in this line. So there's value there. But if you start him, well, now that has this compounding impact in what you do in those other lines. It does probably rule you out of other demons, other tigers, because as we've said through the episode, best 18 helps. But with every available player out, you're just pushing another cow on the field and your risk profile of a 50 or a 60 or worse, a 40 ending up in your best 18 because there's more cows to play. It doesn't protect any. It's when you're taking out that premium, isn't it, MJ? That's the thing. If it's a mid price or a rookie, you go, you know what? I can deal with it. It's sort of like for like, but again, if you're giving up a premium who, you know, you've probably got pegged at 120 in Supercoach, 110 in AF. Yep. It, it could be, you know, 50, 60 points because you're really, you're having to go to that 19th player and you're losing one if you top two, three, four, five guys. So that's where it gets really, really tough. And that's what you've got to work out. Is that value you're getting, hoping that Gorn and Grundy in particular are 15, 20 points underpriced compared to an English marshal worth it? You know, is that cash saving going to go, you know what, I might lose it in that bye week, but I've also got another 100, 150K to play with. That's the other fascinating thing. So I think as we get to this top and real pointy end of the 50, yeah. You know, this is where it gets really, really interesting because the more you dive deep, the more you realize I'm really not just picking Gorn. I might be ruling out someone else. And that's the ricochet and the ripple effect that gets really complicated in starting squads, especially when you don't know who those cows are and you don't know who those mid prices are that you think present, you know, huge value. The 30 to 40 point guys where you go, I just got to pick them. I, I don't have a choice here. Does a Thompson Dow, for example, come along? And while it's a different line, it's the same buy structure. Does he come out of the gate and average 90 in the first two weeks and all of a sudden 
it forces your hand to load into this round and more players get missed. I think the beauty of where Gorn sits in the buy structure, being right towards the end, is it does give you five games of data as well as that price boost that will come through opening round. While their points won't count because round one is the official start of scoring, they've. Well, that's the answer. You got six, haven't you? You got six you've got now. Six with Gorn, price moves. You've actually got zero. You got round zero all the way to round five. So you've actually got six looks at this Melbourne structure, which might just not be gone. It might be Billings. It might be Petrarca. It could be a Trent Rivers. And the beauty is at round six, by that point in time, you've corrected all the cows and the mid-price issues that you need. So you've made those correctional trades. Now in AFL fantasy, you're, you're right on the precipice of about to hit your first proper upgrade. Super coach, depending on the boosts and the players that you've had that have played early, you might already be at an upgrade space. What Gorn gives you is opportunities to make movements. So you can hold him at his buy. No problem at all, especially if he's going well. Equally, you get those five games played, six price movements, and now you go, he's my ticket to a Nick Dacos. And I'm, I'm going to go and get Nick Dacos after the buy. I've I've seen how good Tim English is and he's not had that concern around concussions anymore or that head knock concern. No, nah, I want to go get him. I see he's taken this next level. And with 40 trades in Supercoach and Dream Team, let alone the two trades a week of use it or lose it in AFL Fantasy, you've got more opportunities than ever before because he is coming in at value and not paid up at that top line area where you're hoping to retain his services for the year. Is You don't have to be married to the Gorn pick. You can get your Dacos, you can get your English, you can get your Marshall and still then protect. If you've had a crappy round and you're like, nah, I can't afford to carry a premium. Adjust. Great coaching in these games is ultimately a trade. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No, MJ, 100%. That's what makes it so fascinating is by that point, he probably has made that money that you want it. If he performs how we think he's going to perform, I think we've both got really high hopes for him. At that price, he's going to blow that out of the water. And by that round six buy, he's probably at a really good price that you're almost going, you know what? He's performing at what he's priced at. Because whereas right now we know he's going to outperform this. How far, we don't know. But I think we're all really, really confident that there's way too much value there. So you're right. That's the whole fascination of this game. How do people manage that? Because really, if you can execute that trade and it fits your side, you're picking up that extra premium score. And it's not really costing you much more than obviously a trade, which is important, but you might be able to create value in that trade as well. So I think that is where, you know, 40 trades or, you know, two trades every week, it makes it such a fascinating game because not only can you try to catch up, but the people in front, you know, are trying to hold that advantage. So what lengths are they going to go to do? So I think Gorn is a guy that, we know is a super superstar. The ruck line probably has never been so deep and competitive at that top end though. So that's the thing that fascinates me as well. If you look at that round six matchup, just for a moment, 
based on 2023 data, who's got the good matchups for you that week for Ruckman? There's some reasonable matchups for Carlton, for Collingwood. And you go, why are you saying those two players? Keep looking down. Freeman will play West Coast. A Darcy or a Jackson, if Jackson is scoring well in this ruck forward role. Okay. Now, even with Darcy playing, there could be a necessity and an opportunity to jump down into that maneuver. And then there's one that's a really big, juicy one for us. The Western Bulldogs play St. Kilda. While identical type of players, historically using 2023 data, is a brilliant matchup so it could be the time to jump on to a tim english equally we've got a bunch of guys that are at a lower price point and depending on the format you play there you know under 300 400 000, um under 150 180 000, depending on their formats you've got a jordan sweet you've got a toby conway who are just an injury away from being able to hold that number one ruck spot and now they help you not just when gorn is off it could help you the week before if you're a Grundy owner and all of a sudden you're still able to maximize those scoring. So the beautiful thing about Gorn and the way you structure rucks this year is there's lots of different strategies and structures to plan. That's the beauty of it. For me right now, I'm pretty bullish on Max Gorn in Supercoach and I, and I think it's hard not to be in fantasy and dream team as well. But draft to me is really interesting, Kane, as we look to wrap up the episode. I think there's a real popular consensus across the community that the first defender off the board will be Nick Dacos. After that, you could probably put three or four kind of split around that. It does feel like the Rucks will go early this year. And we've already mentioned four of their names in Gorn, Grundy, English, Marshall. What's the order to you? Because if that's the four, that's fine. But dependent on format, I'm sure. Where does Gorn go? Is English a clear and supreme first ruck off the board no matter what? Where does Gorn sit in that four ranks for you? Oh, MJ's on any given day, he's probably anywhere from, yeah, one to four. And I think that's where when you're drafting, you've got to be really, really smart. You'd love to have a pick towards the back end of that first round because you'd love to have a look and go, you know what? The rucks are still all there, which means you can probably take another line let the coaches after you if they want to take a ruck, get who they get. They're not going to take more than one. And then when it wraps back around to you, you pick off whoever's left. That's how I'd probably play it because, as I said, any given day, you wake up one side of the bed, you're gone. The other one, you go English, Marshall, like they've, Grundy, they've all got so many strengths and it's going to depend, obviously, as we move through February and obviously as we hit March, who's fit and firing, who's healthy. You know, those are the things that we just don't know at this point, but when it gets to draft season, I think we'll have a clearer picture. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be wanting to probably force one in the first sort of four or five picks, just because I think I can do something in another line and then come around in the second round and, you know, ideally pick one off there. It does feel like though, if you've got a top five pick, it's going to be awkward because you're either going to have to go early or they're not going to make it back to you. Whereas if I think if you Seven, eight, nine, ten. That's the sweet spot because if a couple have gone, you can take them at seven. If none of them have gone or only one's gone, and there's only a couple of coaches behind you, you can start a run or you can just let it slide to your second round and take that best mid or best defender. So I think the combinations 
going to shape a lot of drafts. It's probably going to be which coach blinks first and takes one. Yep. They'll probably all, all go pretty quickly after that. So I can't see, you know, by the 15th overall pick, any of those four rucks being on the board. I just think it's too advantageous. You know, we know in, in Supercoach, a Wits and a, and a Darcy when fit and firing mm. are really, really good. Um, but I think after that, you're probably just letting that ruck line go, aren't you? And maybe it is a Tristan Sherry in the in the late picks. So or you take too late and just hope one flies because we've seen that year on year, whether it's an O'Brien in the past, a Briggs last year, they often do emerge. Uh, and especially if you've got, you know, small benches and only, you know, 10 coaches, there's usually a decent ruck sort of sitting in the waiver wire, or at least someone fieldable. Uh, see, I think Gorn MJ is, is a late late first, early second across yep. the board. It's just it's just too advantageous to have a good ruck, especially when, you know, there's really no role concerns with either any of those top four guys. No, and as you mentioned, like the cupboard's pretty bare at Melbourne and, and politely they're going to want to come out just absolutely swinging to start the year. They've had a couple of years where they haven't quite lived up to the the media and supporter expectation. And despite winning a flag, I think they know internally they've got a list that should be challenging for a premiership every single year. And they've not quite got to that level just yet. So I can't see a slow start from this Melbourne team of let's just manage Max into the year. It's bank the four points every single match. So oh, I'm expecting a strong return to form in this soul ruck spot from Max Gorn. Hey, mate, it's always a pleasure to talk to you uh, about fantasy footy. Thanks for being on again, another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. Pleasure, MJ. Not sure if I'm any clearer on this ruck situation after that, but it was a lot of fun chatting to you as always. Well, that's the beauty of the preseason. We've got time to to kind of hypothetically look at everything and consider we are getting close, though, where it's time to start making decisions. As we mentioned on this episode, though, feel like the conversation's now down to five rucks. That might expand with injuries, but it feels like it's down to five. So what are you doing with those five? If you're watching this on YouTube, where we've been putting videos every single day this preseason, comment below and let us know. How are you going about your ruck structure? If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, if you could take 10 seconds out of your day and subscribe, get the notification bell ticked on. It means as soon as we drop a video, which will come every single day in the preseason, you'll get notified of that. There's articles that sit alongside these players. If you do like to read, let's be honest, you probably just want to have it listening in the background or, or to view in the background. But if you do like to read, it's online for you at coachespanel.tv as well as the audio podcast. Whatever platform you choose to listen to podcasts, on you can find us there just simply search for the coaches panel and leave a five-star rating and a review if they give you uh, the space to do so put a nice one in there we might read it out before we get to the end of the 50 most relevant in 30 seconds time i got a sneaky clue for you about who is number 11 and just misses out on the top 10 but as we head towards the end of the 50 most relevant it's starting to pick up for our patreons they are the elite coaches panel supporters for as little as two dollars right up to ten dollars a month they receive a bunch of exclusive pieces of content podcasts rewards hidden group access our rookie and our draft ranks our rookie guide um, there's even keeper leagues that have just about to start up for patreon members only there's a heap of stuff that you get for it and it helps us do what we do here at the Coaches Panel. If you've loved what you've got from us this preseason or any of the years gone by, we'd love if you could become a Patreon. All the links for that, as well as where you can get in touch with us on social media, you can find in the description of this episode. So who's lucky last 
to miss out on the top 10. Have you got your guessing game ready to go? Here's a couple of clues. He's a guy that if you didn't have him at all last year, you didn't have a good season. He's a player, and it's hard to say, but there are certain players, that if you don't own them, they take seasons away from you. And in 2023, wasn't the strongest of starts, but as the season went on, this guy every single week just kept taking the game away from you. He was basically the safest captaincy option across the formats year round and put together a phenomenal season. Who is this fantasy player that took the game away from you in 2023? And he might just do it again in 2024, but this time you're paying for it. Find out who he is tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant. Give it a